0: Welcome to the Oscars Cheat Sheet mini series. Why bother having an opinion on this year's Best Picture nominees when you can just use ours? Welcome, everybody, to the Cold Culture podcast where you're joining us for our Oscars Cheat Sheet series where we discuss all the films nominated for best picture in these 2022 academy awards i'm aj joined by richard and aaron our actor slash friend <laughs> who we always get to come on to talk about the oscars and, and we give always him that,
2: introduce them like that,
0: that <laughs> always bite that 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 actor perspective bite that the oscars episodes need. <laughs> it's actually in my contract and, <laughs> you have <to> say actor slash friend <laughs> And today we're going to talk about, um, what is it? Licorice, Licorice
2: Pizza. Licorice Pizza. Uh, yeah. Fun so our names, our fun first titles. two <laughs> movies were, uh, so we went from, uh, Cape Blanchett in, uh, a small role in, um, Don't Look Up, to a large role in Nightmare Alley. And we're now going from Bradley Cooper in a large role in Nightmare Alley to in a small role in Licorice Pizza. Very true. It's a fun little bridge. uh, I can't think of how we're going to get to the next film. Um, (laughs) I don't think that she has any more (laughs) actors, but um, (laughs) we'll work something out. Anyway, so- We'll figure it out yeah uh yeah licorice pizza that's directed by uh written and directed by paul thomas anderson uh one of my favorite directors so I, w- I was very excited for this film um this like a lot of other films nominated has an ensemble cast um with uh sean penn tom waits bradley kerber benny safety uh Scarlett kazondo mary elizabeth alice the waitress from always sunny and john michael higgins uh and maya rudolph there's a few like comedy actors um but uh, yes, yeah, stars kind of notably two first-time actors, Cooper Hoffman, who is the son of the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, who uh, made several films with Paul Thomas Anderson, and Alana Haim, or Haim, um, who is the, uh, where, what, who did she play in the band? She's, uh, she's in the band. Um, she's pianist, guitarist, and vocalist in the band Haim uh, with her two sisters.
0: Her other sisters also appear in the film. Yes, as, as, as her sisters.
2: sisters, yeah. And I think her yeah. parents actually play the parents as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so this film, AJ, do you want to say what this is about?
0: Uh, is it about anything? It's about a young man in what, 1970s um, yep. Hollywood. Um, and he uh, was 15. He's a, he's 15 he's a child actor so he you know that and he sort of built his whole life around being a child actor um and he has a big crush on 25 year old alana kane played by alana haim um or haim uh and that the the movie is basically like <laughs> a series of vignettes. vignettes about these characters interacting maybe getting romant inappropriately romantically involved maybe not um it just when you think the movie is going to to start being about something that storyline kind of wraps up and it starts being about something else um it's it's pretty long for a movie with that yeah, <laughs> with uh, that setup yeah
2: hour and a quarter uh, two, two and a quarter hours about yeah, the same length um, as don't look up which is again a weird length for the type mm. of film it is it's
0: the it's the oscars year for weird lengths
2: mm. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah, and, and, and and filmmakers not making their best work <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and it's sort of I, I feel like i would love to be able to say this is a love letter to something or this is a mm. a comment on this or that I gotta be honest, I really didn't really understand what this yeah. movie was going um, for,
2: but so you's yeah, certain, on certain it. things in it there's like there's a gas crisis that actually happened mm-hmm. in 1973. um there's uh, a waterbed company that Gary Valentine starts up the main main sort of male character um yeah, they run into um barbara streisand's boyfriend uh john peters who's a real guy and played by bradley cooper and quite like a Mm. fun role and then she also alana joins the meryl campaign of joel wax played by um benny safety who's uh, a closeted gay man and Mm. part of her role is that like he sort of forces her to help hide his homosexuality and she doesn't Mm agree with hiding that or like the situations he's putting her in and yeah the, the film kind of ends on this romantic note because the, the, the whole sort of thing's a bit of a will they won't they of whether or not it's going to be a platonic or romantic relationship but um yeah Aaron, what did you make of the ten-year age difference between the leaders? <laughs> it's
0: not the ten-year age difference; it's the fact that one There's of them is still a teenager. Much of the
1: movie. <laughs> what is the legal age for uh, getting down with it in America? Do we know?
2: Well, I, it's not something I know off the top of my head. Um, well, uh, isn't it,
1: isn't it, sorry,
0: isn't isn't it famously eighteen? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 I know it off the top of my head because of all the disgusting jokes and teen. Six comedies from over the
1: years, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um,
2: uh, yeah, I believe it's it's 18.
1: Uh, yeah, she's much more attractive than he is, definitely. Um, interesting, <laughs> interesting. You don't think so? No, and also, much older. That's my thoughts on the movie.
2: I, I actually don't, don't, co- uh, don't care to comment on on a 15 year old's appearance like that, Aaron. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> is he actually 15 though? Like, uh, the actors? he's 18. He is, yeah. well he's 18 you're sage, you're sage. He's, <laughs> he's fair game um, uh, yes
2: yeah, so, so she's she's 30 and he's 18
1: before we go any further can i ask a question because i actually don't know <laughs> Have why you guys is ever been it cool <laughs> okay. what
2: i was 15
1: <laughs> uh first of all like would anyone ever consciously get that haircut In <laughs> <laughs> um, 1973 sure but it's, like, such an ugly haircut. No one could. And he, like, is so, he's so like, precise and, like, he, mm. wa- he clearly wants it that way. And it's just, like, why?
2: I, why? I do love how much he looks like a real person. And, and Alana Haim as well, actually. Um, mm. What were you going to say? Uh, why also, why is it called Licorice Pizza? pizza. Uh, it's referring to a vinyl record.
0: Interesting. Yeah. LP. Um, Licorice Pizza. Uh, yeah it's, it's,
2: it used to be a chain of record shops in Southern California it was originally called Soggy Bottom which I was like it's not going to be fucking called Soggy
1: Bottom <laughs>
0: but also I wouldn't say any of this movie is defined for a movie set in the 70s called Licorice Pizza I thought music played a very understated role it's not, you know uh, it, sh- nah, it should be called think, Licorice Movie because
1: it's more about acting AJ. The, um,
2: I, th- I think mu- music was a was a large part of it Okay. Um, but
1: maybe not in like a Forrest Gump kind of way, where you're like, every single piece of song sets the mood and also the like, I, we're in this time period. Uh, it that.
2: I, I think it did.
0: As oh, much as yeah, Forrest Okay, Man. But, but no, of as all as as the as things Man. to name this movie, I don't think its relationship with music is significant enough right, yeah, to. Sure it's no guardians
2: of the galaxy
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's no mouse hunt
1: (laughs) but i guess if you're gonna call it licorice pizza you would assume that it was like about a guy who owns a record store or something yeah exactly
0: that's what i'm saying
2: yeah i think it's it's a cool title i mean it's it's kind of nonsensical when you immediately read the title but it is um yeah cool i um so yeah on the film um did you
0: you guys like it
2: i I did like it yeah
1: same uh if you want to know the tier -tier, -tier, mid-tier middle of mid-tier
2: this was one that i think i i i wanted to like this probably more than i did i i wrote a review for this um for uh my work um because i told my friend i would go to the cinema to see him to see it with him and i didn't get my ticket uh, i I've been talking about it for like two months and i didn't get my ticket i didn't go to get my ticket until like a couple of days before And he works with me at, at the news and um <laughs> so he emailed the distributors of the film and said hey can we get a review pass and they said yeah sure come along and so he brought me along to review the film just so that he would have someone to go with um and so yeah i wrote a review i wrote quite a Quite a shining review, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think that the thing that that seems to be putting a lot of people off this film is the the age difference of the the romance, well, this, and it's and it's obviously.
0: Yeah, there's, there's two controversies actually there's the the age difference and the fact that there is a secondary character in this who the the joke of the character is that he's like a white man who has multiple asian wives throughout yeah. the film and it speaks <laughs> to them and like a racist asian stereotype accent which yeah. has had uh, it's it, funny an interesting yeah, i remember that.
2: thinking that when i watched it i was like, oh my god but then at the same time Oh, John Michael Higgins' performance is so funny in the film that it's, like, it's one of those ones where it's, like, this is actually just so funny that I'm laughing. But at the same time, I'm thinking, like, am I allowed to laugh at this?
0: Well, because I've seen some interesting takes and I've seen some people say, like, imagine if you're you're an Asian person and everyone's laughing at that joke like how do you know what what part they're laughing yeah. at and yeah. i've also seen some some takes on twitter that people are like it's just a joke <laughs> no no but the, the, it's like the man is basically walking around with a sign above his head that says like you know i am a commentary on white capitalists yeah. in the 70s you know so yeah. i get i get and like how much should a movie explain and when when paul thomas anderson was asked about it he was like oh god I didn't even think about that. Apparently, it was, <laughs> he was confused by the questions. So.
2: Yeah, he was like, I, "He's." I didn't even ask him to do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even. I don't see race, so I didn't realize it was an. Accent. I didn't
2: realize he was changing his accent. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but the the age difference between the two, and I think for me, there's like one scene that like i wanted to have this one scene it did and it's it went over my head a little bit but the more i thought about it as i went on i realized that how like this is one but it's like a perfect microcosm for like why their relationship shouldn't shouldn't work and wouldn't work and it's so they've run out of gas and they've fucked up john peter's um bradley cooper's car and he's coming after them angry. And so they chuck the car and in, in this moving van there and they chuck it in neutral and like roll down the hill backwards. And it's like, they go, they're going through traffic and all this stuff. And then when they finally come to a stop and it's like super, super dangerous that like um, Gary is like pounding the roof, cheering and like, Oh my God, this is the most exciting time of his life. And Alana is like clutching the steering wheel, white knuckled and just sort of like, oh my God, that was like the most horrific experience in my life. We could have died. And that's the, like the, the difference between being 15 and being 25 is mm. finding that experience. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Like um, exciting and amazing, or finding it terrifying and realizing life-defining. <laughs> yeah, and it's like and <laughs> and that sort of that scene, I think, really was the and it, and it it ends up being kind of a changing turning point in the film for Alana's character, realizing that like, I shouldn't hang out with these fucking kids. But yeah, I think you know whether or not you find the relationship creepy i didn't realize the ages the whole film i knew he was still (laughs) i knew he was still in high school and that that was like the thing and that she was out of high school but i didn't realize she was 25 and he was 15 i think i think i would have guessed she was maybe 20
0: i have a complicated take (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. that maybe i'll cut out if it doesn't make sense <laughs> of the age gap in this movie there is a comedy song by internet personality uh matt watson uh called i'm in love with my dad and it's a song about the the main the singer of the song singing about like the sex he has with his dad and the song is so ridiculous and so funny that it transcends realistically confronting incest or Molestation and instead becomes about the absurdity of, like, what if you were in love with your dad? And I think in a similar way, this is less about, like, it's the sordid relationship between a 15 year old and a 25 year old. And instead, it feels like the film wants to have, like, a taboo slash in- an unconventional love story at its center that it's hoping will transcend and uh, bypass mm. or ignore or not really confront abuse or you know that sort of thing i don't don't know if it succeeds but it feels in in similar way to um almost famous it feels like it's not Mm. really wanting you to consider the realistic version of this and more like the coming of age
2: well it's also the same thing as almost famous where people like people try to be like well you know imagine if the genders were reversed like Mm. it would be so creepy and it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah I, I yeah to that i say yep <laughs> yeah. i have nothing to say i think it's it's just it's a film which like so, so, sorry, that's probably have...
2: why he made the, the yeah, genders yeah. That way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a film that wants to be unconventional with its love story and that's it that's as far as it is the film itself is willing to think about those things and yeah. is that irresponsible maybe it is i'm just saying the the way i, I interpreted questions. that story yeah just asking questions. <laughs> um, my issue with this film was not the the age gap. It was just just not the kind of movie that I know how to
2: respond Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hangout, <laughs> character-driven piece. Mm. What do you think of those, Aaron?
1: Um, I've been thinking... I, I think the other day in the shower, I was kind of thinking about it, because, like... naked? <laughs> I was naked. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking about his sweet, sweet haircut um, and how much it does it for me. No, uh, he's 15. No, the actor's 18, so it's all good. Uh, no. He was... Uh, he was- younger when he's you probably 17 it. during filming oh, no. <laughs> sorry wait so you're telling me i can't bully his performance but i can bully the actor now because yeah, the yeah. actor's old enough to be yeah to be objectified <laughs> yeah, yeah cool um yeah i've been thinking a lot about like what is it about because you're right it's, it does sort of just like meander through these things but i think if anything what it's about to me is kind of these two spirits of the American kind of culture, there's like um, the 15-year-old represents the young kind of idealistic capitalism of like 1970s where they're like, yeah, we can go out and- hmm, you know, just start a waterbed business. Yeah, the kind of the American dream in some respects. We start several businesses. That's
0: all he yeah. wants to do is be yeah. successful at a business. Yeah. yeah,
1: which is kind of, you would say, in some respects, a, a large part of American psyche and the American dream. And then there's that kind of other- um, flip side of that which is i guess alana and her kind of like idealism of like you know she joins the political campaign but she's also kind of lost and cut adrift and has no idea where her life is going um which i guess is maybe more representative of an older america which you know at the moment or you'd say from like maybe 2005 to 2015 you're like well 2020 it's like well why does this country exist who are they to the world Mm -hmm. i mean obviously the ukraine crisis is kind of Shifted that thing, and we're like, Please come back, daddy, with your big weapons. <laughs> I'm in love with you, <laughs> with your bombs. I'm in love with you, Dad. Um, but you know, and like, I guess maybe if you look at it more metaphorically, this sort of Uh, coming together of those two is kind of about america's ability to reconcile those like two kind of differences and sort of come together to maybe create a brighter future maybe this is like just weird thoughts i had in the shower but i was like it just it's so kind of meanders this way through maybe it's about nothing but also like if it was about something what would it be about? Yeah, and that's kind of What's my hot take. Oh, the most
0: eloquent silly shower thoughts I've ever heard, Aaron. That was great. <laughs> I agree. I think that. I think it, it definitely. And it's it's very intentional then to set it in the seventies, which is like sort of the zenith of the American dream being seen as a realistic thing for mm. for people. You
2: know. Yeah, that was very handsome of you, Aaron.
1: Hey, thanks, man. Well <laughs> so from an acting perspective. There were parts of this film that I could definitely hear them acting, if right. you know what I mean. Like the opening scene, I was like, oh, this is like they're doing a scene and someone's yeah, shooting yeah. it. And then I was like, no, no, that's just the yeah. scene in the movie. Yeah. Like there were aspects to it that felt very like someone's, that.
0: Someone's um, end of year performance at um, mm. drama school. What, what, what you, what <laughs> no, th- better than that, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> what, yeah, what do you think of
2: um, uh, Alana Heim and Cooper Hoffman's debut performances?
1: I don't think that because a lot
2: they've been praised a lot in like critics
1: yeah i thought there were good clean performances but there are definitely moments you could pick where you're like you're saying lines of dialogue yeah right. and i can hear that as a line of dialogue rather than something like a human being would naturally say mm. but like yeah really good performances good clean performances um Yeah, I really loved this one scene that always comes to mind when Alana's, like, sitting there getting stoned with her best friend or something, and then what does she say? She's like, fuck you. Nobody asked your opinion. Just, like, storms off some of those really, like, angry scenes. And also with her sister, when her sister's just, like, walking in front of her, she's like, I can feel you judging me. You're judging me, aren't you?
2: Yeah. Yeah, she, she, she she was a great character because one of those, like, I probably wouldn't like to hang out with you in real life because you're probably like real, like quick to snap and like be real um, angry Mm. and stuff. And it's, I know people like that and it it felt very real. Yeah. Um, You you might even know how I'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) it. Yeah. Do you think, uh, I got a question for you guys. Mm. Do you think that acting is hereditary?
1: I don't know if I believe that it's like genetic, yeah. but I do believe that uh, it growing up in a household of actors, yeah. or especially a, one of the greatest, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it. it will inevitably rub off on you just in the way that you live your life unconsciously, you know. Um, And also, I mean, it potentially didn't happen in this case, but there's a really famous example of a New Zealand actor uh, whose mother was, like, head of the New Zealand drama school and her daughter, Thomas McKenzie, is now, like, a Mm. quite famous actor. And her mother is, like, an exceptionally well-thought-of acting coach. So the advantage, like I was talking, I was shooting a scene earlier today and i was talking to the guy who was like shooting it and he's worked with miranda and he was saying that like they did a they shot something for um thomason and they were going to send it off and then her mum was like oh just you know like i want to sit with this overnight and she like thought about it and was like actually i want to give you these provocations to take into the scene and then they shot the scene again and the second time it was like way better mm. but you know like my mum's not out here looking at my tapes, being like, <laughs> "It's good, Aaron. It's pretty good." But I want to give you a couple of provocations yeah. to take the performance of the New Zealand to,
0: to give people an idea of how truly small New Zealanders. Uh I know that I I've met Miranda. Have you met Miranda, Richard?
2: Uh I don't know. I don't think
0: so. Oh, okay. No, I've I've met her. I um and like I get recommended I add her on Facebook. <laughs> that's that's how small New Zealand is.
1: Oh my god.
2: Be yeah, the reason I ask about um acting being hereditary of course is because uh George DiCaprio Leonardo DiCaprio's father makes his uh, screen debut in this film as Mr. Ooh. Jack. What? Yeah.
0: I don't think acting is um hereditary but I do think acting is actually reacting. That's actually mm. something I believe in. Wow.
2: <laughs> um he's also um it stuff. was also alleged um rumored as well that Leonardo DiCaprio dropped out of this and was replaced by Bradley Cooper but i think people might be getting their wires crossed a little bit
0: that feels much less likely than it Better. being nightmare alley yeah exactly um what are this what's this film's like odds what's its chances of winning best picture richard
2: um so this is uh one odds it's tied with dune actually
0: cool and and, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and what's it, what's it nominated for oh, what are we God. looking at
2: uh, Liquorice Pizza is nominated for, um, oh God, it's got its own whole fucking Wikipedia page for list of accolades <laughs> received by. Um, yeah, it's only nominated for Picture, Director, and Screenplay. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson nominated for all three. Um, interestingly, hmm. though, it is, um, this is MGM's first fully produced, marketed, and distributed film to be nominated for Best Picture since Rain Man in 1988.
0: Jesus Lovely. Christ. Mm. Well. That was our discussion on licorice pizza. Let us know what you think of licorice pizza and if you think it deserves um, best picture. Um, and yeah, you can let us know all your thoughts on the Discord, if you like. You can head into the Discord, which there is a link to in the show notes. Or you can email us at Gmail at, at, at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and, and no, Forget about Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram are the places we're focusing on now. Um, or you can donate to us at Patreon.com/slashCultPopshire, and this is our thoughts on Licorice Pizza for the Cult Popshire Oscars Cheat Sheet mini series. See you next time.
2: And just a final thought uh there, um, as I've been adding after your uh, your sign-offs. Uh, did you guys notice the John C. Riley cameo? No. He plays Fred Gwynn, who played Herman Monster, and he's also the judge and my cousin Vinny. Um, it's like as the camera's going past him, he's like, "Yeah, I mean, like I was in the monsters. And you just—it's like one line of dialogue. You can't even really see him, but it's like so obviously John C. Riley's voice. That it, like, it was fun.
0: And what's our what's our next film we're going to talk about? Uh, all right,
2: like uh, well, I mean, I did say it's tied uh, in terms of odds for with Dune. So should hmm. we talk about Dune next?
0: Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do
2: it